I'm Lauren Lowry, and this is Amstigator, a podcast all about seeking, finding, and living with purpose. People talk about purpose, but no one tells you how to get there. But that's what this podcast addresses, how to find purpose. So glad you're back again for a little love note from yours truly. I want to start today with a question for you, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately as it deals with purpose. What if the worst thing that ever happened to you turned out to be the best thing? If you're in the middle of your worst time right now, I know you're probably saying, that is impossible. I'm in the worst time. Don't even come at me with a silver lining. <laughs> I've so been there. It's an important question, though, because the one thing that's consistently true with nearly every person I've ever interviewed about finding purpose, the vast majority of them will tell you they found purpose after pain because pain transforms you. It gives a perspective that you don't even want, but you're going to get it anyway. Pain gives you the final exam before you've ever even been taught the lesson. That's life, right? That's what shapes us. But I want to be clear. It's not the pain that brings purpose. It's what you do during the pain that changes you. It's the choices you make in spite of the pain, which is what today's episode's all about being able to overcome your own negativity, your own stress, your own disillusionment, and get to the other side of that. And one of the best ways to do that, and I can sum it up in three simple words for you, find the gift. When I was almost six years old, we went to Clovis, New Mexico to see my grandparents for Christmas. Now, I grew up in South Carolina, right along the coast, but I was actually born in Clovis in a small house down the street from my grandma's house. Yeah, like not in a hospital, in a house. We were there Christmas morning, 1990. I'm about to turn six. Everybody wakes up and we go around the room opening presents. My mom always likes us to save our biggest present for last. So when it came time for me to open my present at the end of the morning, I got a big smile on my face. Everybody was looking at me. I had all the attention. I started to pull the wrapping First, I see white handles and then beautiful streamers. And then I see hot pink metal and a white seat, white tires. I mean, it was beautiful. You guys, it was the kind every super femme child of the 80s with side ponies and fanny packs could have ever possibly hoped for. I mean, it was perfect. But instead of jumping for joy or squealing or hugging my grandparents who gave me this bike or saying, oh, I don't know, thank you. I lost my freaking mind, and not in a good way. I ran out of the room. I was in tears. I locked myself in a bedroom, and I cried. My mom was mortified. She was so embarrassed. She was apologizing to my grandparents about my reaction, and, and mainly how I was just being ungrateful. And then she tried to get inside the bedroom where I was melting down, but I wouldn't unlock the door. Okay, this is five-year-old me. We laugh about this now in my family. It's actually its own metaphor now for when somebody's given something they say they want and then they decide they don't want it and they melt down like a child. It's like, oh, is this a pink bike moment? The wild thing is I thought the bike was beautiful. I remember crying on my grandparents' shag carpet locked inside that bedroom thinking to myself, why am I crying? So let's think about that in adulthood. So often we hope for something. It doesn't turn out exactly how we planned, and then we get really upset that the process isn't what we think it should be. It should be going fast, but this is going slow. It needs to go this way, not that way. And we get so upset. And depending on how big the setback is, it might take us years to get over it. 
But what if we changed our perspective on the setback? What if we chose to see it, this thing that caused us tears or shame or injury, maybe it caused us debt? What if we saw that as a gift, part of what gets us where we're trying to go or maybe gets us closer to our intention? I have a whole episode on intentions, by the way, episode 20. Go back, check that one out. It's going to help you gain some real clarity on how powerful your intentions are. But even before intentions, ground zero of turning it all around is finding the gift, feeling gratitude, even when it feels opposite of the way you actually feel in that situation. So let's back it up here. You know, anthropologists say we've been giving gifts since way before civilization. Um, They mark it down as kind of like it could have been a tooth from an animal, a bark from a special tree. It was a way that humans showed thanks, the outward expression of something that we felt inside, which might have been love or gratitude. The historians believe giving gifts was done even before widespread use of language. Okay, so giving gifts is primitive. It is natural for us to do it. It's embedded in there. This is something humans do, okay? And we aren't the only ones either. You see it over and over in the animal kingdom. Crows give gifts. They'll pick up paper clips or twigs. We see primates do it too. They give food to friends. Penguins give pretty rocks to potential partners. Dolphins in captivity give gifts of food to their keepers all the time. And I feel like when you share food, that's like the ultimate, right? It says, hey, I love you and I don't want you to starve. So here's some food. Now, when we give a gift, the hope is that the person who receives it feels the same emotion we felt when we picked it out or when we made it and then gifted it. It's a sweet exchange. So we reach adulthood and we have this idea that gifts have to be somewhat tangible. We get gifts on our birthdays, maybe on a couple of holidays, but that's it. We're given gifts far more frequently. They just might not be in the form you expect them. In season one, I interviewed a woman named Mary Beth Hyland. She lives in Baltimore, and a PR pitch email is actually what brought us together. She wrote a book last year called Permission to be Human, and the PR person was asking if I wanted to interview Mary Beth. Now, to be totally honest with you, because that's what we do here, I often delete those PR pitch emails, but something about this one caught my attention. It was not the quality of the writing or the story pitch in my email. I just had this inner knowing that I needed to connect with this woman. And I'm so glad I did because she traveled to Nashville to be a part of my original 13 episodes. She saw my vision and was like, hey, I'm here for that and let me support you. So in that episode, episode four, she told this awesome story about a vision one of her friends had and the friend called Mary Beth to share it. So take a listen to the story. She had this vision that she said, Mary Beth, I just saw you walking in this windy path and everywhere you went, there was this huge gift. And the message I'm here to give you is just pull the string, just pull the string and open the gift because it's always, the gift is always there for you and everything's already worked out. You just have to keep pulling the string. And I take that with me every day because even when you, which actually did happen to me yesterday, step in dog poop and like, you know, it's like, this is a horrible, it's like, welcome to Nashville. Not really. Like, (laughs) is it really that horrible? Is that, is that really what I'm going to use to wipe out this amazing, unexpectedly beautiful day in the winter? That was a sunny, wonderful thing. And instead like, like what's the gift here, you know, and keep looking for the gifts, even in the moments that don't seem like there's gifts in them. 
I got to be real with you. I, like every other human on this planet, am wired to notice the negative. I've been obsessive about it, and I've let it ruin dozens and dozens and dozens of great days or experiences because I wouldn't just notice the gift. And that's why I love this story from Mary Beth, because it's a reminder of how we need to keep things in perspective. On the day we shot that interview with her, it was like 70 degrees in December in Nashville. What a gift, especially for her coming from Baltimore. She sat by her hotel pool all day in December. You guys, your life is full of gifts. All you have to do is pull the string. Even that situation in your life that you're totally cussing or shunning right now because you think it's all wrong, step back, change your perspective, and find the gift. So what gifts are lingering in your life right now unopened? Is there a person you know who might get you closer to where you want to be? Was the gift already given to you, but you're stuck in this mindset of noticing the negative and you can't seem to see it for the gift that it is? Or is your gift wrapped up in a loss and you're being taught non-attachment right now and how to let things go? Start becoming aware of the gifts that are out there just waiting for you. And like Mary Beth said, just pull the string. And I'm really harping on gifts right now because I want you to connect with the underlying emotion that comes when you receive a gift, something you didn't expect, right? So it's also partly why my mom was so embarrassed when I stormed out sobbing that Christmas with the pink bike. What are you supposed to say when you're given something? Thank you. And why does a person say thank you? To express gratitude. Just a few days ago, I was reading some research that had recently come out. It was showing gratitude stimulating the hypothalamus. It's a key part of the brain that regulates stress. So when you feel less stress, you feel more optimistic. In other research, scientists have shown gratitude helps you overcome trauma and reduce depression. Gratitude gives you stronger self-esteem, which contributes to optimum performance every single day. It just like bleeds into every area of your life. Grateful people have fewer aches and pains and report feeling healthier. And grateful people sleep better. I mean, it's all over the research. So saying thank you, being grateful, that is totally free. Gratitude doesn't cost you money. It doesn't even require physical action. You can simply take time to be grateful in your heart and in your mind. Research is showing over and over that you reap the positive neurological and physical benefits when you just think about gratitude. It's easy to be grateful after you've received something, but the real change comes when you can choose gratitude even before you've seen the gift. I mean, just think about that. Choosing to be grateful in the midst of struggle, creating a gratitude practice, for example, that can really help you. My friend Christopher Carter put it like this in episode five of Amstigator. But if, if we really look around our life and really see ourselves where we are and what is the one thing we can be grateful for in this space right now, you know? Maybe it's in your body. Maybe it's just that I'm not in pain in some way. Maybe it's, you know, this, this one little thing that my mother gave me that's in my pocket every day. There's just getting present to one thing and then build it from there. Mm. This is such a simple concept, simply feeling the emotions, letting them radiate around your heart and mind. Now, in that same episode with Casey, he talked about how just placing your right hand on your heart, left hand on your belly, breathe in deeply, and then allow gratitude just to radiate around you in this like beautiful loop over and over again, just thinking gratitude and breathing. 
that can help you so significantly. Having an attitude of gratitude, it changes everything. And as the research shows, it makes you healthier. It reduces physical pain in your body. It helps you overcome trauma. It helps you sleep better. But I will tell you from experience, often the hardest thing we can ever do is feel grateful when all we feel is pain. I've shared about my major turning point in January 2021. I talk about it in episode 17 if you haven't listened already. But that day I told you about in that episode was the turning point, the time I personally realized I couldn't let other people determine what was meant for me anymore or what I was capable of or what I was worth or what I'm here to do. I had given everybody else the power and it was time I take it back. That day was important. But even though I knew that particular day was a life-changing watershed moment, it still took me months to overcome the anger and the resentment and the hate I felt in that situation. I had to do some really deep inner work to change my attitude. And I mean, I had to change long-held beliefs about you know, what was right for me and also change what I believed was possible for my life. And for the first time, I had to define it. Like, what do I want? I had to define it that day. And honestly, some of that work continues. I'm still in regulation play on this really long game. But in that process of feeling hate and feeling anger, feeling resentment, I forced myself to feel grateful. Oh, and it was so hard. Every day I'd go to work, I'd feel the anger well up. I would combat it with the choice to feel grateful. Grateful for my health. Uh, grateful that I had a job, right? That I had an income. Grateful that I had a sweet husband and three amazing kids who were healthy and hilarious and kind. Grateful to have a weekend to be with them. Even though it wasn't as much as I wanted, it was still something. And even in the midst of that crappy situation, I chose to feel grateful that I had been woken up. I made an active choice to be grateful for the pain because intuitively I knew purpose would come from it. And that purpose was Amstigator, guys. And I was grateful for it even before I created it. Anytime somebody close to me would ask, you know, in the midst of everything, how are you doing right now? I'd say, you know, something's going to come from this. I don't know what it is, but something bigger is going to come from this. I'm just being grateful and I'm being open to whatever that is. And it was five full months before I got the idea for this podcast, before I started exploring it or started working on it. But when it hit, I knew. I was called to start this project, but for me and for the people I would impact by sharing powerful stories of people who have overcome. And that's something major that I highlight in every single episode of this podcast. Purpose is the culmination of all the times you've chosen to overcome. It's a choice. We see this lesson in nature all the time. Think about it like this. When you've got a bad storm, it comes and the winds start picking up and things get thrown around, things get blown away. You have to choose to rebuild. It doesn't just magically happen. I grew up along the coast in South Carolina. We saw hurricanes all the time. And when you'd watch the weather, you'd look for the eye of the hurricane. It's the place where the clouds would clear out, the winds would die down, and you would actually see the sun. I mean, it's wild because all around would be torrential rain, crazy wind. But in the eye, there's this relative calm. So when they'd say a storm has made landfall somewhere, they're talking about the eye. Where did the center of the eye land? Hurricanes are destructive. There's no question. They blow things away. They bring floods. They spin off tornadoes. They wash away a lot. 
You can certainly cry about what's gone. You can grieve the loss, feel the sadness for what things meant to you. But then you have to make the difficult choice to feel gratitude. Grateful it could have been worse, but your most important things were spared. Grateful nature made the choice for you about taking away things maybe you didn't need, that you couldn't seem to let go. Grateful for a new perspective. Grateful that you get to choose to rebuild the life you want. You guys, life is the hurricane. Sometimes the hurricane is a job loss or an addiction or a mental breakdown or maybe the death of someone close to you. But the stronger the hurricane, the stronger the eye. The eye of that storm is your heart. It's the place where you got to go. It's where you see the sunlight. It's where you feel reprieve from the wind and the rain as it blows around you. It's where you go inward to fill up again. Your heart is always there for you. That's where we find gratitude. Love is there. Peace is there. You find rest there. It's why silence meditation, prayer, these stilling practices are so incredibly important for strengthening your resolve. And when you look around and you see the storm, look for the eye of the storm. Don't look at the rain and the wind and the thunder and the lightning. Where's the eye? Because the eye is inside. Be filled with expectant gratitude for what hasn't happened yet. Feel gratitude for the life you know is coming. You see it in your heart. That's when you say thank you for the storm, right? Like when you feel confident enough that that storm will pass, you can say thank you because inevitably there's always a lesson in the storm. So the hurricane is your gift and it's not easy. But after a while, you start to tune into the people and the events that get you closer to that life you see yourself living, what you see in your heart. And you just can't help but feel gratitude for that. And you guys, you have a path full of gifts. Find those gifts. Pull the string. You can be grateful that everything you need is already in you. And when you go inside, you find that. Start being grateful and the rest begins to fall into place. And this isn't something like I'm just spouting to you. After I started being consistently grateful, even when I didn't want to be, when I would bring myself back to gratitude, I started having so many wild synchronicities, uh, serendipities, God moments, call it whatever you want. I would think about a person. I would feel gratitude for their friendship or whatever it was, but gratitude associated with a person. And then literally within a day, sometimes within hours, we would cross paths. Or I would say, gosh, I need somebody to help me with X, Y, Z. I'm, I'm so grateful that somebody's going to come in my way to help me with this. I don't know who it's going to be yet. I, maybe I don't even know the person, but I'm grateful someone's going to be here to help me. And then that person, who in multiple cases I had never met, would just appear. This has happened to me three times, you guys, just in the last few months. And I'm not kidding. It keeps happening. It's because I'm attaching the life I want or the things I want with gratitude. So I made a conscious choice to consider people in my life gifts. I would look in the future and I'd say, what do I want? Who is going to be my gift? And I would feel gratitude for that person even before they were in front of me. So after Mary Beth told me that story about, you know, having all the gifts laid out in front of you, I started saying this sentence when something like that would happen. I'd say, oh, you're my gift today. Or, or that was my gift today. Or, hey, down the road when I'm going to meet this person who's going to help me with this, they're going to be my gift. I meet a girlfriend for a walk to catch up. I say, hey, you're my gift today. 
I have a meeting get canceled, even one I look forward to that I was planning for, but the meeting gets canceled, I'll still say, hey, that was my gift today because it opened up time for this or for that. I actively look for more gifts every single day because I know for me, gratitude has been the key to all of it. It's how I turned around a really dark time in my adult professional life. Gratitude was the key. Gratitude's also the key as I look forward to what I need and what I want for this podcast and for my life. And I've evolved my gratitude practice one step further even. I now look for opportunities to be somebody else's gift. I see something I can do for someone that would make a difference for them, and I do it. And I think when we commit to allowing ourselves to be of service, we further embody the things that we also want. It's like the golden rule on steroids, <laughs> okay? So I want you to take a moment and just reflect a little bit about what we've talked about here. What are you grateful for right now? What's holding you back from being grateful? What's your hurricane in this moment? Where are you putting negative energy that maybe doesn't serve you? And how can you start to see this storm differently with new perspective? How can you see it as a gift? And is it time to release that storm? Maybe even bless the pain that it's caused. Say thank you for it. And what gift is waiting for you right now for you to just pull the string? Your life is full of gifts. Maybe it's a shiny pink bicycle with those amazing streamers and beautiful white tires just waiting for you to unwrap it. But don't lose it when you open up what you've been waiting for. Guys, practice gratitude now so you're ready for that gift when it's time to pull the string. If you want help starting a gratitude practice, I put a guide in today's weekly email in your inbox right now. If you aren't already signed up, shoot me a note, lauren at amstigator.com. I'll send over the details. And if you're listening to this later, just let me know what bonus content you're looking for. It's super easy for me to just email it over to you. But for now, I encourage you, go into the eye, feel the light, lead with your heart, and live life purposefully. I'm Lauren Lowry, and this is Amstigator. <laughs>